Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Kyle Weens from iFixit.com. He'll tear down lots of good stuff and stuff that's not so good to repair. We'll also hear from Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. More to come. Lots more on the Tech Night Owl Live. So, of course, with new gear from Apple and other companies in recent months, we felt it was time to bring Kyle back on the show. As they say, rip it apart, rip it to shreds, rip it, rip it good. Not like Devo says, whip it, whip it good. (laughs) He's actually laughing at that. It's a pathetic joke. It's not even funny. Nobody should laugh at anything that bad. But seriously speaking... I'm, I'm good with Devo. They're great. All right. He likes Devo. Okay. Right. We're seeing the end of society as we know it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that song, who sang it? It's the end of the world as we know it. That was done by R.E.M., right? Yeah. That was the one they used in the movie Independence Day, which, of course, is going to be an Independence Day resurgence coming this summer. Okay. Let's start with the MacBook. Yes, 2016 Retina MacBook in rose gold. You bought it in rose gold. That's the only color to buy it in. I don't, I don't know why anyone else would buy this computer if you didn't want a pink one. Well, I don't know. There's a, there's a singer named Pink, right? Uh, yeah. I don't know that I'd want a pink MacBook. Well, oh, then well. just get the older one. It's it's basically the same. This is Apple's 2016 update for their you know new MacBook line. This is the product that you know when it came out, everyone was saying, "Well, this is like maybe going to be a viable product that I'd use as a daily computer in a couple years once they get it right." Let's wait till they bump the specs a little bit. Uh, and so here we are, a year later, they bump the specs, and it's still a pretty underwhelming computer. Before we talk about that. Let's talk about the process. As I remember from last year when you took it apart, it was a pretty hostile product because yeah. you can't upgrade anything. Can you even replace the solid state drive? Uh, no, everything is soldered down. Yeah, this is a, I mean, you can think of it like the iPhone board. Uh, everything is soldered onto one board. The board is relatively small. Over time, you know, they're pushing uh, everything that they can to be into as few chips as possible. Um, so, you know, it's, it's Toshiba NAND flash that's soldered straight to the main board. Same okay. At, the at least they're giving you eight gigabytes of RAM, which is the new norm. They did that with the 13 inch MacBook Air. So that's pretty good. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. It's faster RAM now. Um, I don't think they did bump the RAM. I need to look, but it's still DDR3. People were hoping for for DDR4. I think the clock rate was faster. That's what it is. Yeah. I mean, and this is, uh, you know, on, uh, I mean, so on the, on the core M3, you know, you're kind of constrained. If you get the faster one, which isn't the one that we took apart, you can go to the so the one we took about was the 1.1 gigahertz Core M3. Uh, you can spend a lot more money and get a 1.3 gigahertz Core M7. But even there, I'm seeing the incremental uh, improvements in in speed. I mean, people are saying it's maybe 15 to 20 percent faster than the last model. Well, I did see a MacWorld article reviewing it, saying that the performance is not that far removed from last year's MacBook Air. 
That's not bad. Yeah, but the MacBook Air you can fix. So we'll, we'll get into that. But this is uh, it's a very different kind of design thought inside this compared to the MacBook Air. So you can't replace anything. If something breaks, can you at least replace the battery or does that require having Apple do it? No. So there's no way to get in and swap the battery. And even if you look at the last step of our teardown, we didn't remove the battery from the unit. We actually left it integrated into the bottom case. And the reason was that we don't know how to remove these terrorist batteries from the aluminum case without puncturing the battery and having a safety issue. So the, the, when I say terrorist, I, I was talking about this with somebody else today. They're like, why is Apple putting terrorists inside their computer? It's not a terrorist. It's a terrorist. So like a step kind of curved surface where they, they're getting as much volume of battery inside of a curved shell as they possibly can. Uh, and, and the battery is actually uh, six separate cells that are very kind of loosely connected together with cables. And each of those six cells is glued in separately. Uh, and they've actually got some metal pieces machined in around the batteries that makes it hard to get in and pry them out. So very, very challenging uh, to swap the battery. I mean, they're kind of designing this as something where, like, you buy it, you use it till the battery wears out, and then you buy a new one. Yes, but in theory, you can take it to Apple and they'll replace the bottom. Or do they just take the bottom of the computer and replace that? They're going to take the entire bottom of the computer and swap it out. Uh, and I haven't seen what they're saying their pricing is for that. But you have to you know, physically give your computer to Apple, including all your data and everything. Maybe people are willing to do it. Maybe you're not. Uh, but it's certainly a pain in the neck uh, compared to, like, I'm going to put a new battery in my uh, you know, 2012 MacBook Pro. And when I do it, it's going to take me you know, 15 minutes. And I don't have to schedule an appointment and drive across town. And you know, I'm lucky enough there's an Apple store in my town. But you could imagine if you needed to mail it into them, you're going to be going without your computer for a week or two. There's no way I could go up about with my computer for... I couldn't go without my computer for more than a few hours, much less a few days. Okay, so here's the thing. This means that third parties won't be able to sell batteries in the aftermarket like you can with other Apple products. Right, that's that's the fear. Uh, unless we can find some way, uh, which we, we haven't yet. I mean, this we've had this design in the market for a year and uh, we're not selling batteries for, for any of the any of the new MacBook designs yet. We'd like to, but we're just not seeing it. We, uh, so if you look, so we wrote a repair manual for the 2015 uh, model. Uh, and so if you go to iFixit and you browse and you go to the, pull up the 250 Retina MacBook. Um, so we've got uh, something in the realm of 45 steps to get the lowercase off. So that's basically separating everything that you possibly can from the lowercase. So you're left with basically the aluminum lowercase and the battery. And then that's the uh, repair item. That's what you have to swap. And then it's just a question of whether you can get the lowercase assembly. Um, so we're, we're, we've been managing to source them. Um, so we're selling that lowercase for 150 bucks. So that's, that's kind of your, your repair option for the, the, uh, you know, 2015 Retina um, MacBook, and now we got to see if we can do the same thing with the, the new ones. It's possible the parts will be compatible. We're not sure. Okay, so in theory, though, the battery is somewhat different, more capacity? Um, the battery is it's very slightly increased capacity. 
Uh, and so we're looking at it and we're, uh, you know, it's, it's, I forget the percentage. It's some very incremental, uh, battery improvement and the, the out exterior dimensions of the battery, uh, seem to be identical to us, which makes me think that, uh, perhaps it was a slight chemistry boost, or maybe there's a very, very slight increase in battery size that we just couldn't measure. So the real improvement is the Core M Skylake family from Intel, which gives you more power efficiencies. Right. Uh, and they're saying it's slightly improved battery life, slightly improved uh, processor. It seems like this this is in the category of something where, you know, if you were thinking about buying a MacBook, but you hadn't yet, uh, maybe this is the computer to get. Um, but if you already have one, I don't think it makes sense to upgrade, unless you really, really, really need a pink computer. Okay, so if you're at a point where maybe you were put off buying the previous one, this one might be a tad more compelling from a performance standpoint, but it has the same limitations. Now, to be frank, I think for a lot of people, those limitations are not really limitations. It doesn't matter. The reason being they're not going to have a bunch of extra things with them on the road to connect to. And if they want to connect maybe an extra drive or something, and they want to know that they could also recharge the unit, they can get one dongle, and that's it. People are not going to bring a video workstation environment with this kind of computer. We've got more to come with Kyle Weens. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. 
Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com or 800-544-3533. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. This is the Tech Night Out Live. I'm Gene Steinberg. He's Kyle Weens of iFixit.com. Just to let you know that there's a great way for you to really support our show, and that's to sign up with Tech Night Out Plus at plus.technightout.com. That's where you have all the information. We answer most of your questions, I hope. For a modest subscription fee, you get an enhanced version of this show, better audio, free of network ads, and more features to come, plus.technightout.com. We were talking about the MacBook, and I gather you don't like it that much, not just because it can't be repaired, more or less, other reasons. The trade-offs that I see don't bother me, and I don't think would bother a lot of people having a slim notebook, a light notebook, easy to carry across the long hallways and byways of an airport, because all they're doing is checking mail online, maybe doing some word processing, and any processor tasks won't be that intense. So the limitations they could live with, because Apple says this is designed to do a lot of your stuff online. Do you disagree? Well, I think the question is, how many computers do you have? So as a iPad replacement, this thing is great. If you currently have, say, a desktop or a larger notebook at home, and you've been carrying an iPad around, and you're a little bit annoyed with the keyboard, and you'd like something better than an iPad, in addition to your main computer, uh, this is a great machine. But if you're looking at a 
your replacement as your workday computer, I, I don't think this is a good like everyday computer. As a as a second computer, sure. I think I think it, it's it's interesting and compelling. I guess the question is how many people still want two computers? Well, you see, that's it. For your primary computer, I can agree, except for certain people. I think there are people for whom even that is a pretty good deal. They can't get by with an iPad yet. I think they're close. They need something more like a traditional computer, but the tasks aren't intensive enough to require a full desktop computer. They could live with 12 inches. I cannot. I would probably consider a MacBook if it came in a 15-inch version. I would. But you see, that's a big change for me because back in the 1990s, when I travel, and this included even the years I go to Macworld Expo, and that is I would bring a small office with me I bring the computer, a couple of external drives. I bring a portable printer. I have a pretty heavy carrying bag, I'll tell you, because remember, those power books of those years are pretty heavy. Now I have a 2010 17-inch MacBook, which is what, 6.6 pounds? And having something two pounds and maybe a 15-inch screen, two and a half pounds, that would be appealing to me. You get my point? Right. I mean, what do you use as your primary computer? 27-inch iMac. Okay, so you get your 27-inch iMac at home, and then do you have another laptop, or would you have another laptop in addition to this, or this would be your primary mobile device? If I were to get one, this would be my primary mobile device. Right. So for me, I don't have a desktop computer that I use. I have a laptop, and that's it. And I just have the one computer, uh, and it does everything. Uh, so I think it just kind of depends on, on your lifestyle. I have a big monitor on my desk that I'll plug in when I want to use the computer at the desk, but I just, I don't want to have to deal with configuring and syncing apps and accounts and everything across two computers. I'd like just one computer. Uh, and so, you know, for, for a MacBook, to, you know, with an, inf- with a keyboard that, you know, everybody says you're slower typing on, um, to, you know, having, you know, being locked into, you know, for me, six, eight gigabytes of RAM, like maybe that's acceptable now, but in a year or two, it's probably not going to be okay. That's a challenge. So yeah, as a second computer, it's fine. And I think we, you know, we go back to, you know, the iPad, nobody can use the iPad as their primary computer. It's a good second computer. So I think the question for everybody right now is, okay, I have a 27 inch iMac or I have a MacBook Pro, and then I want a more mobile device. Do you get an iPad or do you get a Mac? Well, for me, there's no decision to be made because I can't do on an iPad what I could do on, on this. a MacBook or a MacBook right. Pro. I can't so that's do it. I, so right. I can't set up a recording station there. I mean, right. I've reviewed the 12.9 inch iPad Pro and currently have a 9.7 inch iPad Pro, which I'm sending back to Apple, I think, in the next few days. And it's the same problem. You know, right. I can't do what I want to do yet. Now, maybe there'll be a new version of iOS that reduces some of the sandboxing restrictions, more entitlements that will allow for me to use something like an audio hijack right? to capture audio from multiple apps, uh, some way to deal with the file system for assets from different apps, that kind of thing, which really we can't really do right now. There'll be things that they can do because I think Apple wants to invest in making the iPad Pro more of a productive device. Uh, but they're so far away from the iPad being a productive device. This is much closer to being something that you could use day in, day out to get work done. So I think that this is just as a, like, what is the MacBook threatening? I think the MacBook is threatening the iPad market, not the MacBook Pro market. Well, on the other hand, consider what's happening right now. Mac sales were down about 12% in the past quarter. 
iPad sales also declined, but not quite as much as previous quarters. So is it possible here that some Mac sales actually went to iPads this past quarter? I don't know. It's interesting. This has the same number of ports as an iPad. It's a, you, get a, you get a lightning port on an iPad or a USB-C port on a MacBook. It's interesting. I'd be interested to kind of hear Apple's rationalization for why one port on one machine and a different port on the other when they're practically the same physical size. In terms of performance, they're practically the same. You know that? If you do right. the benchmarks, Geekbench, I yeah. think what happens is on the iPad Pro, the single processor speed is the same or a little better. The multi, multi-processor performance is a little bit less, but we're talking about 5% or something like that, which shows yeah. really how far Apple's gone with its A-series processors. I, I have this like gut feeling that the Intel processors are still better at all-around computing than the A9 processors, but I don't know that because I've never run OS X on an A9X. I'd sure love to see you know an everyday wor- working you know OS with my apps running on an A9 processor. It'd be really interesting to see how it compares to like this Intel Core i3. But I can tell you, Apple has it running right now. It's in Apple's labs. It's got to be. It's got to be. Okay, so let's tear down something else, okay? Let's tear down this wall. I sound like I'm coming from the 1980s. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Weens, tear down this iPhone SE. <laughs> yeah, the iPhone SE, that's an interesting device. It's funny because Apple's giving us all of this work. We've got these new devices to take apart, and yet they're very easy for us because we feel like we've taken them apart before. So with the MacBook, it was physically almost completely identical to the previous MacBook. It was really just the silicon that was different. With the iPhone SE, uh, it's an iPhone 5S. There were some design flaws in the iPhone 5S that we thought, oh, surely they will fix in the iPhone SE, and they didn't. So it really is a iPhone 5S through and through. Uh, just Which with- is why it's called... S-E. Right. And, but not the iPhone 5 S-E. Just the iPhone S-E. It's just a number. Who cares? <laughs> all, right, all right. So you say there are things in there that you hoped they'd improve from the iPhone 5S. What? You know, people were hoping for uh, an improved camera. The thing I was really hoping for, the, the major design flaw in the iPhone 5S is that when you open it up, uh, the Touch ID sensor is on a very short ribbon cable, and it's easy to break it when you open the, ca- the phone up. And if you break that cable, there's no way to repair it because it, the, the Touch ID sensor is, is linked to the mainboard. Let's go into more of that in our next segment on the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. 
Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Mother's Day is next week, and Pro Flowers is offering an amazing special. 100 stunning blooms for mom, plus a free glass face for $19.99. Go to proflowers.com. Click on the blue microphone in the upper right corner and enter the secret code 3434. But hurry, this incredible deal expires this Friday. With fresh flowers, guaranteed delivery, and add-ons to complete your gift, Pro Flowers has everything you need to be a gifting expert on Mother's Day. Order now from Pro Flowers to get huge savings. You pick the delivery date, and it's guaranteed. Guaranteed. 100 colorful blooms sent fresh from the fields and guaranteed to stay fresh and beautiful for at least seven days for $19.99 and will include a free glass face. Hurry, Mother's Day is next week and this incredible special expires this Friday. The only way to get this amazing deal is to go to proflowers.com. Click on the blue microphone in the upper right corner and enter the secret code 3434. That's proflowers.com, secret code 3434. Shipping charges not included. Satisfaction guaranteed to your money back. All right, listen up because this is the most important thing you're going to hear all day. What if I said you could make money flipping houses without any cash, credit, or manual labor? And what if I said you could do it part-time from the comfort of your home? Sound unflippin' believable? Hi, I'm Preston Neely, and I'm going to prove it by sending you a free copy of my smash hit selling book, How to Get Rich in Real Estate. It sells online for $19.95, but I'm giving away free copies this week. To get one before they're gone, call 1-800-959-9582. I used to be so broke, I had my electricity shut off nine times. But I figured out a simple way to make money flipping houses without even breaking a sweat. Now I'm living the good life, and so should you. Listen, if you're sick and tired of stressing about money, this book could change your life. Hands down, it's the fastest, easiest way to get started in real estate. Let me prove it. Call right now to find out how to get your free book. When they're gone, they're gone. Call 1-800-959-9582. Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next.
So, Kyle Weens, if I fix it, tearing down an iPhone SE, and I asked him to speak about the negatives, which he says kind of match those of the iPhone 5S. Go on, please. Right. So the issue, the mistake they made with the iPhone 5S is this. You've got the short cable. When you pop the screen open, uh, you have to not pop it open too much, get in and very carefully pry that, that cable up. And then you can open the phone the rest of the way. With the iPhone 6, they fixed the problem and they routed the cable around the back of the display so that you can open it and the, the cables act like a hinge. And then it's, it's much more straightforward and easy to take apart an iPhone 6 without damaging something. So the thought would be, well, if we're addressing, if we're going to you know, make slight tweaks to the iPhone 5S, Leave everything the same, just fix that one problem. Uh, and they didn't. They left it there. I don't have any idea why, except maybe they just wanted to keep as much overlap with their existing part supply chain as possible and change as little as possible. It would have been a, a really, I think, trivial fix, but it would have required modifying several parts. Uh, the only speculation I can have is that they kept it the same for cost reasons and to make it easier to transition from the iPhone 5S production into the iPhone SE production. Now, what I'm seeing here, according to Apple, is that sales supposedly are exceeding their expectations, which is why supplies are low. But then again, they may have had only modest expectations. I think this is a great device. I mean, I, I have a iPhone 6 right now, and I would consider switching to this. I feel like the screen on the iPhone 6 is bigger than I need. You aren't the only ones. One of the regular guests we have on the show is none other than Kirk McElhern. I'm sure you've heard of him from Macworld, and he has his own blog, Kirkville. And he originally bought an iPhone 6, sent it back, and kept his iPhone 5S, but only went to an iPhone 6S because he had to keep up with technology. But now he has an iPhone SE, and I think he's a lot happier with it. Yeah, and I could I could see myself in that camp. I mean, a smaller device is great. It's, it's interesting. I mean, I, I say that. The Android world, uh, there isn't a whole lot of choice. You want a relatively small device. Um, most Android devices are bigger than the iPhone 6. So uh, the whole world for a long time has, has really trended toward these really big screens, and Apple had to follow suit. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad they're going back. So good things can come. Yeah, and so that we ended up with a 6 out of 10 repair score for the iPhone SE, which is the same as uh, the iPhone 5S, unsurprisingly. And it's it's basically the same thing. And again, you know, we benefit. Uh, we write a complete repair manual for everything that Apple creates. Uh, and we're lucky with both the new MacBook and the new iPhone SE that our existing repair manuals for the existing devices are going to work fine. So I can say we already have a repair manual done for the iPhone SE. Well, that certainly made it easy. Yeah, thanks, Apple. There you go with Apple. Now, I don't remember the last time we had you on, did you do a teardown of the fourth generation Apple TV? When when did that? uh, Came out like November or something like that, right? Yeah, let me... We did... uh, We'd done the Apple Pencil and the Magic Trackpad 2... yeah, so we it, we did the tear. Yeah, so we did the tear down. I think we talked since then because that was way back in September, uh, like September twenty first. Oh, right, that's the one where it's glued together and the where you got the thing and Apple threw you off the developer program. Yeah, yeah, that was okay. That one. We did that, and you haven't heard from Apple since. You're still off it. We're still off, and that's fine. You can you can get our Android app. Oh well, let's move on to some other products. Just well, not so quickly. All right, so. So we've been we've been having fun taking apart the VR headsets lately. 
So I, uh, we actually, we were playing with our HTC Vive last night and just having an absolute blast. These things are so cool. So we have done both the new, uh, the you know, retail version Oculus uh, and and the HTC Vive, and uh, the 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 technology has just come leaps and bounds in the last year. Like these VR headsets are finally at the point where you can use them, and it feels like an immersive experience. It's really really cool. Do they still look like the ones you used to see on TV and in the movies? These big things that fit over your eyes with goggles. Yeah, yeah. So they still look like you've mounted some crazy contraption to your face, uh, and that's you know that's early adopter syndrome. Give it a year or two, and these things are going to get dramatically smaller. For now, it's just about like getting technology that works, uh, where you have head tracking that's fast and accurate, where you've got a resolution that's high enough that everything doesn't look pixelated. Uh, you've got frame rates that are smooth and. Both of these devices are finely like, you know, there's kind of uncanny valley. We're climbing up the other side and like this is VR that actually works. VR that actually works. That could be a marketing, (laughs) you know, just use that in marketing. Ladies and gentlemen, we present VR that actually works. Well, so we have a Nintendo Game Boy here in the office, which was the first VR headset. Um, and that came out, uh, uh, the, the, what was the, the Nintendo VR, uh, virtual boy, that's what it was called. And, uh, uh, it came out way back in 1995. So it's 20 years later, um, the virtual boy, you know, you'd play it for five minutes and you have a splitting headache. It was really a rough experience. Uh, now finally we're at a point, I mean, we've been playing with the Oculus and the, and the HTC Vive, and and we're not having any nausea or any uh, kind of ill effects. So this is a, it's a pivotal moment in history. We're going to start to see the the shift toward VR in, uh, across a huge variety of experiences. And, what and the hardware these, is pretty dang cool. Tell me more about this. Is it something that one actually would want to take apart, or is it really strictly an appliance that you'd never want to look inside of? We don't know how these things are going to break or if they will break. I I think we're going to run into things like the Wiimote syndrome where uh, so everybody would use the Nintendo Wii and they'd throw it into their TV and break their TV. Um, We have certainly been, you put the VR headset on and you're walking around in the virtual world and it's really easy to stumble around the room and walk into things. So uh, unless you kind of set yourself up with a virtual wall or something, uh, I think I'm, I'm not sure if people will be breaking the uh, VR headsets or just breaking everything in their house. Um, we'll find out. But it's certainly very possible to get in and, and, and tinker and repair these things. We gave the HTC Vive a 8 out of 10 repairability score. It was really straightforward to get inside. Uh, we took it apart for the first time with no experience, put it back together, and we've been using it. So... If they break, which we don't know if they will, but if they do, uh, they should be pretty easy to fix. What do they cost? Well, that's that's the rub. So you have to have both the the headset. You know, you have to get a Vive. So I think that the Oculus is is seven hundred dollars, um, and the HTC Vive is. Um, I'm blanking on. Uh, okay, it's it's a, it's seven ninety nine. So so that's you know that's the ballpark kind of price for the headset. The problem is that you also have to have a PC that has a or a computer with an extremely fast graphics card and fast processor, and it actually requires so much graphics processing that none of the computers that Apple makes can run these things. Even the Mac Pro doesn't have a graphics card fast enough to run modern VR. 
Well, so that's, have have that's Apple's fault. We understand that everything is Apple's fault. Whatever isn't being made, they should have made it. All right. Let's start with another product here, and that is the Samsung Galaxy S7. We've not mentioned that with you. And kind of wondering here because the S6 didn't do so well for the company. Right. Yeah, so uh, it's interesting. And and Samsung, you know, Samsung used to make things that were really easy and straightforward to take apart. We were uh, really happy with the Samsung S3 and S4 designs. Um, and uh, things have been going in the other direction from our perspective with repairability. Where Apple's iPhones have been getting easier to repair over time, Samsung's flagship phones have been getting harder to repair. So the Samsung S7 is a you know pretty slick form factor. We have some folks in the office that have them and really like uh, the external feel of the product. Uh, the S7 Edge is a is pretty slick, but getting inside it is very challenging. There's lots of glue. You have to use a lot of heat. Um, there's a mid frame that you have to remove before you can even get to the battery. Let's uh, go into more of the complexities on the other side with Kyle Weens. I'm Gene Steinberg. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Dr. Joel Wallach here. If you're a baby boomer and you're worried about the big epidemics coming, and I'm not talking about the bird flu or the swine flu, I'm talking about epidemics of Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, obesity, diabetes, arthritis, cancer. That's because the 80 million baby boomers followed all the advice of doctors and uh uh-oh houston we have a problem see dr wallach live in little rock arkansas saturday may 14th 1 p.m go to www.cdocinarkansas.com that's cdocinarkansas.com 
Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com or 800-544-3533. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. On the Tech Night Owl Live, he's tearing apart a Samsung Galaxy S7 and sounds like a bear, Kyle Wayne's to take apart. Let's continue. Yeah, this thing, it's a, it's a bit of a trick. So you've got to you know, de-glue the back, and then there's some screws, and then they have a mid-frame that kind of gives it some of the structural uh, integrity and some of the antennas. And then you can finally get to the battery, and, of course, the battery is glued in, too. So I, I'm not – I mean, it's got decent battery life. I mean, they put – it's a 3,000 milliamp-hour battery. It's a very large battery in the S7, but uh, we weren't super thrilled with the, the uh, disassembly process. Getting all the way through. So so the final verdict on the S7 was that we gave it a 3 out of 10 repairability score. So this is like one step above the iPad. You know, Samsung clearly knows how to make repairable hardware. They just decided not to. Uh, and it's interesting because Apple, with their flagship phone, has decided, no, we really care about making the iPhone repairable. And they've made you know, dramatic improvements to the iPhone 6 design to make it easy to get it in repair. So Samsung goes one way, Apple goes another Right. With the uh, phone. So it's it's funny because Apple's making 
hard to repair tablets and easy to repair phones. And Samsung is making easy to repair tablets and hard to repair phones now. So I don't know. I feel like these design teams internally are kind of schizophrenic. You know, the company who we've been really universally impressed by lately has been LG. Uh, and LG has their new flagship phone, the LG G5. Uh, and it's so cool. It's it's the one with the with the modular components, so you can you can like get an add on uh, like an infrared camera if you want a module to attach to it. You can you know it's the first unibody phone with a really rigid design that has a removable battery that just slides out of the bottom. It's a really really cool design. So how long does it take to pull it apart? The G five. Uh, not very long at all. I mean, you could. Well, I mean, you can get the battery out instantly, but I'd say you could probably get the whole thing completely pulled apart in five or ten minutes. Once you've done it before, maybe five minutes. Very, very fast. Where a Samsung S7, you're talking maybe an hour. It's a huge difference. Uh, and I think sometimes people think like our repairability scores are a little bit arbitrary, or it's just a number at the bottom of a re review. When something gets a low score, we put a lot of effort into getting the thing apart. It is like suffering and tears and heat and burned fingers and cut, you know, hands. And it's a it's a process, and it's really a bear to get these things apart. Uh, so we're kind of doing the suffering so that you don't have to. Well, that's better than not, of course. Well, we want Kyle to suffer. <laughs> so uh, I would say, I mean, if I was going to go out right now and buy a phone, bar none across the board, any phone out there, it would be the LG G5. And that's coming from the world of Apple. And I primarily use Apple products and I like my iPhone and Apple's got a pretty repairable phone, but the G5 is just cool. So you would even tolerate Android for that? I would, you know, it's gotten, it sucks a lot less than it used to. I think uh, Android has gotten pretty dang good. And if you have an Android device, you, you can install the iFixit app on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, the, uh, the G5 is, uh, is, a, is a really cool product. And, you know, the Android devices have caught up for a long time. The camera quality, uh, you know, Apple was running the field with, with camera quality. They invested in, in making these phone cameras better, and they beat the Android companies for a long time. And finally, I mean, people are saying that the camera in the S7 and the G5 is better than the camera in the iPhone 6S. Um, now, it's incremental. They're pretty dang close, but it's, it's amazing that uh, Samsung and others have managed to catch up. They were so far ahead a couple years ago. Well, that's obviously encouraging. Very encouraging. Let's move into some other products here. What else have you guys torn down recently? Oh, um, we've, let's see. The, we did oh so we did the Amazon's new um, uh, Echo accessories. So they've got the the Amazon Tap and the Echo Dot, which okay. are add-ons. So do you have an Echo? No. It's it's a really interesting product. When we did our first teardown of the Echo, I was convinced that this was the stupidest thing in the entire world. And it's huge. And I was like, why is this thing so big? And uh, you know, it's a single purpose. You know, it's just a microphone and a speaker. It seemed like the world's most expensive microphone and speaker I'd ever seen. Um, so we did the teardown, and it got, a, I think, a decent repairability score. And we're like, okay, this is fine, but nobody's going to buy this, so it's not going to matter. Uh, and then the world kind of changed, and everybody started using this thing, and everybody got addicted. Um, being able to talk to Alexa and say, hey, what's the weather, or, uh, you know, play, play some country music is really compelling. Uh, and you can be, you know, we, uh, in the kitchen and you're washing the dishes and you want to change music and you can do it without taking your hands and going and, you know, tapping your phone and saying, hey, Siri, 
So this uh, always on, always listening device has really, I think, shaken up the tech world. And Apple and Google and everybody else is chasing Amazon as fast as they can with the Echo because this is a really breakout device. Chasing Amazon sounds like the story of a new novel. But like nobody expected, I don't think Amazon even expected it. And so all of a sudden, uh, you know, Amazon has a year head start on everybody else. I mean, when Amazon came out with the Echo, I don't think they were planning on running a Super Bowl ad for it. But it got it was such a huge hit. People like it so much that they're just doubling down on it. So they followed up with a Super Bowl ad, and now they've got these two follow up products, which are a couple of kind of wacky accessories for it with the tap and the dot. Um, but the core experience is, is really good. And it's interesting seeing how good Alexa's speech recognition is because I have, I have an Xbox which has speech recognition built into it and I've got my phone and I've got an Amazon Echo. And I think Amazon's speech recognition is better than the speech recognition on my iPhone. And it's miles ahead of where uh, Microsoft is with the Xbox. So I don't know how Amazon came out of left field and like they're just as good as Google at voice recognition. Even when it's playing music, almost a miracle. It's. Uh, I think. I think the Lab One Twenty Six people feel like it's a miracle. I think they were. They were on the ropes after the the Kindle Fire or the Fire Phone disaster, and so the the Echo kind of single handedly saved that team. Well, I still wonder here what sort of profits Amazon makes on the hardware. I think they're selling it at cost. Or very close to cost. So I don't think they're trying to make money on on the, the Echo. They're, they're, but but they've built the purchasing into it. So you can say, hey, you know, Alexa, you know, reorder me some, you know, paper towels or whatever it is. And uh, so it's a gateway, just like all the other Amazon products. It's a gateway into buying more Amazon products. Let me tell you a story about Amazon, just as an example. It's kind of a follow up to what we were talking about with Kirk McElhern last week. So. I have this chair made by a company called Regency, an office chair. And I need something with a pretty big backrest with a lot of comfort adjustments because my back is a little bit, you know, less than stellar at my advanced age. So I got one as a present late last year. And then you have to assemble it yourself like most of these chairs. It's broken down to a small box. You assemble it. You have to put in bolts and everything and all sorts of things that kind of snap into place like the rollers at the bottom of the chair. They snap in, but I don't even think you can really snap them out again. Once they go in, it's a one-way trip. So a rear bolt that attached the seat back to the seat broke off. It broke right in the middle of the bolts. You can't really take the bolt out to disassemble the chair. Can't be disassembled anymore. So Amazon agreed to exchange it. And they sent me a replacement chair. That's great. They didn't have to do that, by the way. You know, I could have called the manufacturer and worked out something. But then we get to the problem of how do I return the chair I already have? As I said, it's near impossible, as far as I can tell, to take it fully apart and put it back in a box. Never going to happen. So Amazon made several attempts to have someone pick it up. They even sent a UPS call tag and someone from UPS comes over and says, you know what? We can't take this. It has <laughs> to have a box. Okay, so evidently the 
tech person or a support person at Amazon didn't get that point, although I made it clear, I, this is not going to go back in a box. I don't have the box. There's no way to disassemble it. Finally, they said, you know what? Just throw it out. Recycle it. They're not going to ask for the chair back. And I thought that's pretty decent because I think a lot of stores would have tried to get the thing back. But then again, considering the cost of the device, it probably costs more to recover it than they would have gotten to take it back. What do you think? Oh, sure. Absolutely. In the industry, they call this reverse logistics. So there's forward logistics, which is getting you the device, and then reverse logistics is getting it back. And uh, yeah, I mean, what they do with that chair, they're going to get it back. And if if it's close enough to new, they'll sell it on Amazon warehouse deals, and they've got the packaging. But if if they can't, then it's going to go to a recycler. Well, in this case, they said, forget about take it to the recycler. We're not going to take Kyle Weens to the recycler just yet, because he has to hang in here for two more segments of the Tech Night Owl Live. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich? Working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare? Having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. I'm Gene Steinberg. We've got Kyle Weens of iFixit.com, and those are the folks who tell you how to fix things. They don't depend on what the manufacturer says, because if it's Apple, they'll tell you nothing. They tear it down. They figure it out. They have a lot of crowdsourcing where a lot of their 
fans, users contribute information. Now, I was looking at some of the articles you're publishing, and this is interesting here because you have these repair stories. And one here is how to replace the hard drive on a 2010 MacBook Pro unibody. Now, I have the 17-inch version. I assume the instructions are the same, right? Uh, yeah, it's, it's very similar. I went through this just recently. Otherworld Computing sent me a 500 gigabyte solid state, not the terabyte, but that's the same difference. And the only thing that bothered me is these tiny pentalobe screws are so small. If you don't watch yourself when you remove them, you might lose a few. Right. They're tiny. Uh, and so we have a tool that we developed to solve that. Uh, it's a magnetic mat. So it's a white mat, uh, and it comes with a dry erase pen. And as you take screws out, you put them on the mat, and even the little tiny screws will stick to the magnet. Uh, and it's the only way I've been able to find of keeping track of everything as you go. Because you're right, these screws are incredibly tiny. Some of them, they'll have a screw that's one millimeter long and another screw that's 1.5 millimeters long. And you have to keep them dis- separate during the disassembly process. So if you don't have a system of organization in place and some tools and some magnets to help you stay organized, it's, it's very challenging. The point being here that Apple didn't want you to do anything and take these apart. They didn't plan on it. I mean, with something like the unibody MacBook Pro, it's easy to replace the battery, easy to replace RAM, fairly easy to replace the hard drive. But newer MacBook Pros, hmm... I guess you can replace the drive, though. Right. You can you can replace the SSD um, on on some of the models, but yeah, you're pretty much constrained to to what it is at the factory. Which means when if you're going to buy these things new, you got to buy the max spec version if you want it to last any period of time. So uh, I mean, we're uh, across. I fix it. Everybody uses the 2012 MacBook Pros, and we've all swapped out our optical drives. So we've got two SSDs in there, and we've maxed them out to eight gigs of RAM or 16 gigs of RAM, and and we're good to go. But we're not we're not switching to the Retina machines because they're just they, the, even even if you buy a new one today, it might not last as long as the 2012. Now the point is here: you can replace the drive because Otherworld Computing is selling replacement kits. Right, they've got they've got larger drives. But that's it. That's it. That's the only thing that you can do. Now, I want to go back to this because it really bothers me, and I just can't stop complaining about it. How much would it add to weight and thickness for Apple to build hardware in such a way that you can take the RAM out and you can take the SSD out? I mean, take a MacBook, for example. If the MacBook allowed for that, would it be... A millimeter or two thicker? Yeah, I think you're talking a couple of millimeters. Which means, of course, nothing. You wouldn't even see it. Right. And the weight would be less than an ounce. Yeah. Yeah, it would be pretty inconsequential. But, I mean, th- their perspective is that uh, you know, at all costs, we're going to make the thinnest product that is technologically possible to make. So this is not a trade-off they are interested in. Another example is like in the iPads. There's plenty of room inside the iPads. You wouldn't have to make them thicker or bigger in any way to add a micro SD slot to an iPad. Uh, but that would threaten their business model of selling 128 gig iPods for a couple hundred bucks more than the 32 gig iPad. Well, right now they have the iPad Pro. There's a 32 gig version, 128, 256. And I think the increase in price doesn't even make sense. I mean, you could buy a terabyte SSD for what now, two seventy five, right? Well, and you can get you can get a two fifty six gig micro SD card for fifty bucks. 
So, <laughs> uh, and, and that's going to be, you know, if it's 50 bucks now, it's going to be $10 in two years. So what's Apple doing here? Uh, they, I mean, they, they, they gotta, they're the biggest, most profitable company in the world. They got to stay profitable. And that, that involves some element of planned obsolescence of forcing us into a upgrade cycle every couple of years. I mean, they're not making enough money off iPads because people aren't, aren't uh, replacing them frequently enough. So kind of limiting the storage is one of the few techniques they've got to force people into an upgrade cycle. But they're not taking advantage of it because one of the big problems with iPad sales is that people are saying, you know, my iPad 3 is fine. I don't need to get an iPad Pro. I mean, all right, so it has fancier color and it runs a little faster. Not that much faster. I mean, yeah, measurably it's a lot faster. But, you know, it's a little faster, big deal. And the same thing may be coming true now with smartphones, where people are not as inclined to replace their smartphones. And part of it is the trap that the wireless companies placed. You know, in the past, you get a wireless phone two-year deal and then after two years, you get another phone. But the price wouldn't come down after two years after you paid for the phone. So it made sense to get another one. Now, if you get something like an AT&T Next or any of these purchase plans, yes, after a certain period of time, you can upgrade for no penalty. But if you wait six months or whatever and pay the thing off, suddenly your price goes down 30 or $35 a month. And then you see, wait a minute, I just bought something on the installment plan. And now, do I really need to upgrade this iPhone 5S to get an iPhone SE? Is that really that much faster? Do I really care? Don't you think that's kind of causing a problem with smartphones and early upgrades? Right. Absolutely. I think that it's something that we're going to see, you know, continue the shift. The residual value that these products have after a couple of years is substantial and is really changing the market. And as I said again... Does the new model have something so compelling that you want to get rid of your old one? I don't think so. And I don't think, I mean, people that haven't, you know, if you have an iPhone 6, why would you get a success? Uh, There is the sound of crickets when you ask that question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So the next thing you'll wait for is an iPhone 7. But will an iPhone 7 have so many compelling new features that you'd upgrade? If you miss a cycle, you put that money in the bank. Right. Which is fine. And I think, you know, for a long time that we were on a very rapid increase in in speed and performance and capability of these phones. Uh, And it was similar to where laptops were, say, 10 or 15 years ago, where every couple of years you wanted to get a new laptop because they were so much better. Uh, That was the case with phones for a long time. And now people use laptops a lot longer than they did, say, five or 10 years ago because, you know, they've plateaued and they've gotten good enough. And I think we're starting to get that to that place with phones where we don't need to upgrade them every 18 months. Maybe every three years is good enough. And certainly with Macs, that's true because the improvement year over year is very minor and you don't notice it unless you compare side by side. So right now, I have a 2010 MacBook Pro and upgrading the to an SSD, adding RAM, it's fast enough. Actually, the the benchmarks are probably only slightly less than today's MacBook. But regardless of that, yes, I don't have a retina display. Yes, it's pretty heavy. But it still works, still runs OS X El Capitan. So, you know, I have to think about upgrading something like that. People don't need to anymore. The upgrade cycles are farther and farther apart. So what does Apple do with iPhones? They just accept the situation? 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. See, that is a big deal there. And I think the thing will be more true about Apple Watch. Whatever Apple does, if you spend $10,000 for an Apple Watch and thousands (laughs) more for a fancy band, you're not going to upgrade every year, every two years, or every five years. So I think Apple will have certain limitations placed upon them as to how they upgrade that product. But eventually, I think they're going to want to add the capability of having a built-in cell phone. Don't you think? Absolutely. And that that's, I mean, you know, where I'm saying that the phone technology is plateauing, uh, the watch technology is still very much in its infancy. I mean, the, the Apple Watch and none of the other smartwatches out there are good enough to be a viable standalone product yet. Uh, the technology just isn't there. Maybe the Apple Watch launched a little bit early. Give it, give it, you know, a year, probably two years before we have cellular technology built into the watch and it can be decoupled from the phone and maybe it's going to be a more interesting product. More interesting products and stuff coming down with Kyle Weens on the Tech Night Out Live. Hey there, Night Out listeners. Are you frustrated by all those passwords you need to remember? Do you use the same password for multiple sites? Well, now there's a better way. RoboForm, an award-winning password manager that makes your life easier and more secure. With RoboForm, you'll never need to remember or type your passwords again. It's easy to use. It's completely secure. And best of all, listeners, you could use it free. Just go to RoboForm.com slash tech. That's RoboForm.com slash tech. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 Pain Relief Hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait you can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas. Is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention, Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. 
Ted Anderson telling you about Jordan Rubin's Beyond Organic Green-Fed Raw Cheddar Artesian Cheese featuring whole milk created through ancient dairy breeding, unpasteurized, untreated whole milk on the same farm the cows graze, containing natural sources of omega-3s, CLA protein, calcium, probiotics, and enzymes. I have never tasted cheese this good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. You've asked for it, now he's coming. The amazing pharmacist Ben Fuchs, live in Minneapolis, May 5th. Seating is limited and tickets are free. Call Rose at 763-291-5052. Reserve yours today. Again, pharmacist Ben Fuchs, live in Minneapolis, 763-291-5052. If you haven't heard Ben Fuchs on Alex Jones, George Norrie, Joris Riley, and so many others, stop by thebrightside.com. Ben Fuchs, live, 763-291-5052. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Kyle Weens of iFixit.com, and we've gone into, from the question of upgrades and everything, the fact that, number one, it wouldn't make your MacBook notebooks that much thicker, that much heavier, that much uglier if Apple allowed you to upgrade RAM. I think they're really doing something there that just doesn't respect the customer. And we see, of course, that upgrade cycles are longer and longer. Now, to go back and remind me again, because we saw here that not only was Apple not really meeting expectations, but certainly Microsoft has seen sales drop, and Google isn't selling as many ads as they used to. So with Microsoft, remind me, because we talked about it a long time ago, the Surface Pro, the Surface 4, are they easy to tear down? Uh, yeah, we've been we've fairly consistently been taking apart Microsoft Surfaces, much to our chagrin. Usually, we don't generally like doing it. <laughs> They're really a challenge. We also we did we so we did the the Surface. Uh, we also did the the so we did the Surface Pro Four back in October, and then in November we did the new Surface Book. Uh, and the Surface Book is a pretty cool product externally, uh, but it sure gave us fits to pull apart, just like the Surface. Surface Pro. So the Surface Pro 4 uh, got an astounding 2 out of 10 on our repairability score. Uh, It's a very, very challenging product to pull apart. Um, They use a lot of adhesive. They use a lot of screws. um, They use non-standard connectors. The whole thing is kind of a mess from our perspective. Now, the thing is here, Apple does things that are non-standard too, but everything is carefully thought out. And it strikes me when you read about the Surface, it was made to look nice. But very little attention was paid to how it sets up inside. 
That's kind of, you know, I, I've gone on the record saying that I think Microsoft's internal mechanical design team is incompetent. Um, I really was expecting them to fix things after the first surface and them to, you know, shake things up internally and come up with a better design. Uh, and it just hasn't happened. Uh, and I don't, I don't really understand. I don't know where they're coming from because uh, the Microsoft uh, Xbox and Kinect team really understand how to design good hardware uh, and how to make it serviceable and and uh, you know, easy to manufacture, easy to uh, repair. And uh, the Surface team just is not <laughs> is not doing that. So I don't want to say across the board. I mean, they're incompetent because like the Surface Book has some really cool features and the hinge is amazing. So they're doing some really cool things, but they are not prioritizing product lifetime or repair at all. Now, is part of it because of the fact that they're really not an experienced manufacturer in the sense like a Dell is or an HP is? Yeah, I don't know. You would think by this point, I mean, they made a lot of surfaces. You'd think that they would have figured it out. No, I mean, the Surface, uh, the Surface Book, we gave a 1 out of 10. So they went downhill from the Surface Pro, and it, it did even worse. Is the battery at least easy to replace? Absolutely not. No, it's, uh, it's bad. It's, I mean, you know, we thought you couldn't get any worse than the iPad from re- replacing the battery perspective. Like, things are pretty dire there, and uh, the Surface is much worse. So I want to replace the battery on my Surface. What do I do, or can I do it? Uh, well, first you got to see if you can find a replacement battery. I don't. I don't think we sell them. Uh, we actually we have recyclers where they'll salvage parts from the Microsoft Surface for us to sell, and we haven't even bothered trying to recover Surface parts from the inside. Uh, we sell the kickstands. Uh, we sell a lot of those, um, but the rest of it, uh, we haven't really seen the demand for internal parts because nobody really wants to take them apart. So I, my vibe would be that if you have a surface and the battery wears out, you're kind of toast. Um, we were able to get the battery out during the teardown, but uh, I, it would be the kind of thing where I would try to find a professional repair shop that specialized in those things. I think if you got good at it, if you had done you know 10 or 20 surfaces before, you'd maybe be able to do a decent job of, of taking the part, but it's not something I would recommend to a consumer or somebody that hadn't taken one apart, because I think there's a very high likelihood you would break it in the process. Now, if it doesn't boot anymore because the battery is completely dead, uh, maybe that's a good argument for taking it apart, because you can't really get any worse than that. Well, you could send it back to Microsoft, I suppose. Don't they provide service? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe maybe one of your listeners could find out. If somebody uh, can find a battery replacement program for the Microsoft Surface, send it my way. I'm K Weens, K-W-I-E-N-S, on Twitter, and I would be very interested. I'll look it up for you as we continue talking. Now, is there any other product out there that's as bad as a Surface to fix? Uh, there's no tablet out there that's as bad as the Surface. Uh, on the phone side of things, the worst phones that we've ever taken apart are made by HTC. Uh, the HTC One and the One M8 and M9 are kind of similar in internal design to the iPad or the Microsoft Surface, where they're very glued together and it's really a challenge to get in and do repairs. And I think if you go and you talk to repair shops and you say, hey, I have an HTC One and I cracked the screen, will you fix it for me? I think they're going to say, no, <laughs> go get a new phone. Now, so- I just looked this up and someone reports here that Microsoft wanted $200 to give a repair estimate, but they do have re- battery replacement kits for the Surface on Amazon. 
I just don't know how you install them. <laughs> yeah, good luck. Uh, you know, we have disassembly procedures, and so you can give it a shot. And we certainly, you know, would like to find techniques. And this is, you know, sometimes the manufacturers, they'll come up with a uh, product, and then we in the repair community have to spend some time and work on it and try to figure out how to do it. I can tell you, so we have a repair guide coming soon for the Microsoft Surface Pro 4 battery. So we're working on it. Oh, I looked up here. Microsoft is offering what they call an OOW exchange on a tablet, out of warranty. So if it goes, they were talking about a Surface RT for $319.99 for Surface RT, $469.99 for out of warranty exchange with a Surface Pro. And this is on Microsoft's site as of a year or two ago. I don't know what it's like now. It just seems crazy, $500 for a replacement battery. I think most people would say, I'll just get a new one at that point. Or they'll say, you know what? I don't want to buy this product anymore because I know if I buy an iPad, I need a battery replacement. You know, I can get it for $50 or $100 or something, you know, however it's done. There's a market out there. I can get it done. I can have someone do it. I could do it myself, whatever. Somebody will do it. It's not too expensive. Same thing for an iPad. Even with a MacBook. Worst comes to worst, Apple has a way of doing it, and they'll take care of it for you. But when you don't consider in building these products the fact that a battery is going to have to be replaced someday, I think you're cheating the customer. Right. Absolutely. It's like selling a car with tires that you can't replace. It's preposterous. You, you, have to, you have to provide a path to be able to replace consumables. A battery is something that in normal use wears out. Uh, and so uh, we, you know, we, should, uh, we should be demanding that companies, it just shouldn't be acceptable uh, for a company to make something that's that disposable. Hey, Kyle Weens, tell our listeners where to find more of your stuff. Yeah, so check out ifixit.com. We have guides, repair guides for thousands of gizmos, uh, teardowns for a lot of the new cool stuff. Uh, and we've got a lot uh, uh, more teardowns on the way coming out in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. We're at ifixit. Kyle Weens, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro 1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com or 800-544-3533. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shop the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent 
and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to selectquote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price can vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. When fresh liquid whey is processed into a dry powder, the special proteins that make up the whey lose their original shapes. They fold in on themselves and lose their functional value. One World Whey undergoes a technological enhancement that we believe restores these potent proteins back to their original shapes the body can use. I chose to try One World Whey first before going to a doctor who would likely only prescribe drugs. To my delight, it worked. After stabbing pain for years, to have it completely gone is a miracle. I'd like to also stress that, for me, it took several months of taking One World Way before I had improvement, and then an entire year for my gut to feel 100% healed. So now I tell my friends, give your body time to make use of the healing power of One World Way. Call 888-988-3325 or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorld, W-H-E-Y.com. This is Micah Hanks of the Gray Alien Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. We have Stephen Baker of the NPD Group, and before we started this discussion, we were having an entertaining chat about where one can get really good kosher food in Virginia, where he lives, and in Arizona, where I live, near Phoenix. Now, I think you stand a far better chance, Stephen, of getting the real stuff there, right? Well, there's a little bit here. We can always drive to, to Maryland to get some things, too. But obviously, Passover is a great time to head into the grocery stores. Pretty much uh, everybody's got awesome food. And we have a chain here called Wegmans, which does a great job of uh, kosher deli and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm pretty well satisfied. Now, here in the Phoenix area, we go to a place called Chompies, which is run by a family that came from Queens in New York City. However, they've distilled 
the technology and the recipes, I think, it's not quite fair. They have half-decent bagels, though. Well, and to get half-decent bagels in Arizona is a miracle. <laughs> yes. All right. Let's look at the real world as opposed to the culinary world, although some people don't think the tech world is real. All right. We've got the various PC makers reporting drops in sales. Even Apple had a rare a rare drop in Mac sales that were down, what, over 10 or 12%. And this is part, I assume, of the overall contraction of the PC industry? Yeah, I think some of it is clearly what's going on there. There's some structural problems. There's some issues with the way I think we all still report what's a PC and what isn't, given, you know, the iPad Pro or Surface or a lot of the PC OEMs. Um, Surface clone kind of products, you know, so there's a structural problem. I think a big chunk of Apple's issues uh, remain right now on the Mac side, which is the products are pretty old. You know, the MacBook Air, while, you know, was groundbreaking a long time ago, is not quite so groundbreaking anymore. It's mostly their price product now and not kind of a thin flagship. Uh, when you're looking for a cheap MacBook, uh, you go for a MacBook Air at, you know, seven ninety nine or even less sometimes. You know, I think everyone is expecting some refreshes in that line and even in some parts of the MacBook Pro, which are getting a little old as well. So I think some of their challenge last quarter, and we saw some of this here in the U.S., even in uh, holiday was some softness in the Mac sales as the platform and the products age a little bit. Now, one thing here is that I think, based on just very, very informal observations, but you've got real stats, people tend to keep their PCs longer. And Apple kind of recognizes that, too, because you see with the latest operating system, El Capitan, it runs on Macs that go back to 2007 to 2009. And there are a lot of people uh, still running those older Macs. Oh, absolutely. You know, I think Apple had that problem a lot longer, a lot sooner than the Windows guys did, because people have been holding on to Macs for quite a while until they were kind of forced to, to get rid of them because of some uh, OS issue. Uh, you know, uh, everybody's trying to move up that replacement cycle, uh, bringing out better products, uh, I think the issue about supporting uh, very old devices with new operating systems, uh, I think that's not probably, the, like I said, the core to what uh, the Mac problem was last quarter. Again, I think it's much more related to just there just hasn't been a good reason on the hardware side for a lot of those um, customers who like to upgrade their Macs uh, relatively quickly to, to go out there and get that. They haven't had the sixth-generation Core i. And as I said, you know, the, the form factors, especially in the MacBook Air, are um, looking a little tired compared to some of the stuff uh, that we see coming out on the Windows side. Now, of course, we have the new MacBook, which came out last year. And that points to a direction of slimmer and lighter notebooks with mostly online connectivity. It has only one USB connector, USB-C, and earphone. Not that it's a cheap computer, but it's, it's a new form factor. The other thing, as you mentioned here, with Intel, you know, each generation Intel chip, unless you have a benchmark application in front of you, you don't see that much of a difference. Well, maybe there's more power efficiencies 
so the battery lasts a bit longer. The graphics are a bit faster. The processor is a bit faster. But year over year, the difference is so slight, there's not really a great reason to upgrade unless it's something that's quite a few years old. Well, yes and no. Okay, that's a good way of covering both ends of it. Yes, well, I, 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 I certainly, if you're going to upgrade your computer every year, that is absolutely the case. But people who are buying sixth-generation Core i notebooks didn't just buy one last year in Generation 5. They probably bought one two or three or four years ago when it was a Generation 3. So upgrading to something today would give them a much better experience, better battery life, faster, better graphics, etc. So, you know, we can say what we want, but again, I think the, the real problem and the real reason that we, we saw some slowness and weakness in the MacBook is that the form factor has not been updated in quite a while either. So um, you can do those incremental changes in RAM and faster SSD drives and better processors, and those are always designed to get, you know, someone maybe a little bit more recently to upgrade. But, you know, you've got to change out the whole package sometimes as well uh, to start to, to move, move customers off some of those older, older devices. Does the MacBook show the direction that Apple is making here, that they'll take a MacBook Air, maybe add a retina display, make it even lighter and thinner, and the same is true for the MacBook Pro? Was that the first iteration of what the next generation is going to be like? Yeah, I think, I think in a lot of ways, but uh, I think here's the problem. You know, the MacBook is not a cheap relatively speaking is not a let's let's use the word low cost and not cheap a low, a low cost um product in apple's uh product line and while the macbook pros look pretty good they need to be uh again upgraded as well but the thing that apple has used the macbook air for as i said earlier is to be that entry level under a thousand dollar kind of product now Obviously, Apple's not selling $300 notebooks, and that's great, but they clearly have a good business between $700 and $1,000. They need to be able to support that business. Um, the MacBook doesn't fit into that price point. I think going forward, it's unlikely that the MacBook Pro, as kind of the flagship product, is going to fit into that price point. So you're going to have to build something in that MacBook Air that sits underneath the MacBook that isn't as thin and light and only has one port, but is something that they can support within their belief as to what the minimum specs should be, but yet can hit that $799, $899 kind of price points consistently because the market demands that they have products at those price points. Well, the original 899 price point was probably Apple's first iteration. So would you expect or do you have anything in the tea leaves to indicate that as the year progresses, Apple has some major changes in store for people who want a Mac notebook? Yeah, I think, you know, the the Asian supply line rumors have been chugging along, and I think it's pretty clear um, that the MacBook Air, especially, as we've said a couple times, is going to have to get upgraded at some point sooner rather than later. Now, that may be after back to school. 
so that they can use back to school to clean out uh, a big chunk of the MacBook Air market. I mean, there's been a lot of talk uh, at the premium end of thinning out and kind of rethinking what they do with the MacBook Pro. Uh, so I think at least one, if not both of those lines are likely to get um, form factor refreshes some point in 2016. We have Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night How Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. You've seen crazy diets to lose weight. At GCN Team, our healthy body weight loss system simply neutrifies the body, bringing down cravings. It has been proven that nutritional deficiencies drive appetite for carbs, sugars, and fats. Lose weight the easy way. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Fighting cravings is a fool's game. Give the body what it needs to be satisfied. Again, 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. This is it. For the first time ever on this station, U.S. government gold offered at cost for only $139 each. With Wall Street suffering its worst start to a trading year in history, now is especially the time to be paying attention to gold. This first time ever, U.S. legal tender government gold offered at cost for only $139 each is from the U.S. Money Reserve. Call them at 1-866-944-GOLD. Gold is on the move, so don't miss out. For the first time ever on this station, U.S. U.S. government gold 
offered at cost for only $139 each. 1-866-944-GOLD or online at usmoneyreserve.com. Ask for a free 55-page gold buyer's book. Plus, get a free Walking Liberty half dollar just for reading this must-have book. Get your free gold book, your free half dollar, but most importantly, get your gold at cost for only $139 per coin. 1-866-944-GOLD. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest-priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Isle live. Now, maybe you know something more about this than I do, but has it reached the point with retina displays where Apple could pretty well swap out a Retina in a slightly thinner MacBook Air and not raise the price, keep it at the same level or slightly less? They're probably not going to do that. <laughs> you know, one of the things that Apple is really good at is creating price tiers and using features and specs to be able to help maintain those. So I'd be pretty surprised if you were going to be able to get a Retina display for under $1,000. They may upgrade it and maybe make a kind of a 1080p display, uh, but I think getting all the way up to a Retina or even a 4K display kind of level, you're probably not going to see that on the entry-level products. Could they do it? I'm suspect they could, but they have margin requirements and pricing goals that they want to hit. And those things usually come first, and they can clearly do some things at those price points with just uh, a little bit better in terms of screen, etc. Or they might bifurcate this into two separate products, one which would be slightly cheaper because Apple obviously cut the price on the entry-level iPhone when they introduced the iPhone SE, maybe have something for $799, like a, a legacy MacBook Air, and then come up with 100 or $200 more for a Retina version. But that would make they, the product lineup more complicated, which kind of goes against what Apple likes to do. Yeah, I think they, they have, over the years, though, I don't want to say totally embraced a little bit more complexity, but I think they're they're more willing to look at being more complicated, uh, especially in a market like the notebook market, which as it kind of contracts and, and shifts, requires a lot more niche marketing. One product probably isn't going to satisfy as many customers as it might have a few years ago. And because of that, you probably need a few more configurations and platforms than you might have had. Uh, so it, it wouldn't be a surprise to see them do those kind of things. There are Retina MacBook Pros and non-Retina MacBook Pros, for example, now. Right, but there's only one non-Retina MacBook Pro. 
which is basically a model that's three years old that they keep it in the lineup. It's kind of like a few years ago, they had an iPod Classic for three or four years, totally unchanged. And I think they finally discontinued it because they couldn't get the drives anymore. So it might be that sort of situation here where eventually that MacBook Pro with a standard display and an optical drive goes away. That wouldn't be a surprise, no. Absolutely. Uh, You can certainly see that happening. Now, anyone in the Mac universe will probably be resentful of the question I'm going to ask now, but you know what? I don't care. And because we get in trouble anyway, so I figure, what the heck, I can't get in any worse trouble. And that is here. We know, of course, that Apple doesn't believe in the convertible notebook. So we have the Windows notebook where it could be used as a touch screen and as a regular notebook with the keyboard and everything. They don't do that. They don't believe in the refrigerator and the toaster oven merging. But on the other hand, they've made a bit of an approach with that by making more of an emphasis on a keyboard for the iPad Pro, because that is then the convertible notebook. You have a regular keyboard, although it's not a very good keyboard, to be blunt. I have one right next to me right now, and I'm not nuts about the keyboard. But it's kind of like a Microsoft Surface in that concept where it's designed to be set up with an optional keyboard. Even though they had keyboards available for iPads before, now it's a big deal. So does Apple do the same thing with maybe the MacBooks, MacBook Pros, maybe design them to be multiple operating systems? Like, okay, this will now run iOS as a regular iPad and then run Mac with a regular keyboard? What do you think? Oh, this is a horribly complicated question. It got more complicated as I asked it, let me assure you. Yes, it did. There's a, a whole bunch of different factors going into this. So I think the first couple of pieces I would look at is, bluntly, I do not believe that you will see a Mac OS, OS X, whatever we're calling the desktop operating system. I do not believe that Apple is prepared to rethink that operating system in a convertible or detachable form factor, adding touch, which to our earlier discussion would add cost, thickness, and more challenges around the screen. I think that they really do look at that as being the power productivity device that is going to appeal to classic Mac owners, is going to appeal to small businesses, is going to appeal to graphics, some of the core markets that they've been able to serve in the past. And the extensions that you now see with a 9.7-inch iPad Pro along with the 12.9 are designed to bridge that gap. But I think Apple really believes that if you need a convertible, detachable form factor, it should be in a mobile operating system, a more limited, differentiated operating system. And iOS is the right a system for that. It differentiates them against uh, Microsoft, who, for better or worse, is stuck with Windows 10 in both a tablet and a um, non-tablet, non-touch form factors, where there isn't any um, option to move into a more uh, mobile-oriented operating system. It's more of a desktop-oriented operating system. So um, what you might see is 
while we just spent a lot of time talking about Macs, is maybe we'll see less MacBooks in general and more emphasis on trying to deliver to consumers and small business, et cetera, products around the iPad Pro line, and they would spend more time differentiating iPad Pros from iPad Air and how they would do all those kind of things, but pivoting that around the fact that iOS, because of apps, because of the way it's architected, is a much better product for the the way somebody is going to use a detachable or convertible uh, notebook. I have to tell you here that it is awkward as anything, all get out, to sit there and type at a keyboard and a notebook and then reach up to the touch screen. It is very awkward, and I obviously have tried it with the iPad Pro. I think the iPad Pro has some really nice things about it. But whenever you have to bridge that gap, it gets to be a little disconcerting. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, it's funny you say that, because if you'd asked me three years ago, when we first started seeing touchscreen notebook kind of products, uh, I'd, agree, I'd have agreed with you. I don't necessarily... I haven't totally changed my mind. I, I don't disagree that it's a little awkward. But I hear more and more people saying that they have gotten used to that kind of a activity and that when they don't have touch on a um, notebook form-factored type device, that they find themselves missing it. So um, maybe it's just a, a matter of uh, use and kind of muscle memory <laughs> over time. I, but I don't disagree with you, and I was always – uh, skeptical about some of the challenges around touch on the Windows side of the market when they were really looking at it in both a you know classic clamshell form factor and in uh, a two-in-one kind of uh, convertible form factor. But the more I hear about it, the more I do hear that um, a lot of people have started to embrace that even in that form factor. So maybe in, a, in another year or so, Gene, you'll have figured out how to, how to be more comfortable using a product in that, in that way. I prefer the product to adapt to me rather than the other way around. <laughs> On the other hand, a similar situation is true with regard to smartphones because above four inches, one-handed use is more difficult. And this was demonstrated amply one time during one of the demonstrations for an iPhone. I'm not sure which one, the 5, 5S, whatever, where Phil Schiller points out it's a little bit more difficult to manage the larger screens. But people decided they'd rather have the larger screens, and Apple went in there and provided one. On the other hand, supposedly the demand for the iPhone SE, 4 inches, was higher than Apple expected. And I'm going to have you answer this question in our next segment. So are we seeing by the possible success or initial success of an iPhone SE that a lot of people don't want four and a half, five, five and a half inch smartphones. They'd rather have something smaller for any number of usability reasons. We have Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. Hi there, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. And we're looking in this time of terrible financial crash, terrible meltdown of the medical system, we're looking to pay people obscene amounts of money if you become a student of our business at Longevity. We will help you actually take care of people better than the medical system has. Think about it. We spend more money in America for healthcare than all the other 218 nations the world put together, and they can't even solve weight loss problems. I mean, the medical system can have a total mental brain fart, and if you do this, you will be able to save an enormous amount of people from being overweight, being obese. They don't even know what causes obesity. Believe me, we know what causes obesity. In the medical system, they think it's from eating too much. It's not from eating too much. It's actually a mineral deficiency. Do you solve a iron deficiency anemia with a bone marrow transplant? That's what they think. Do you solve a mineral deficiency that causes obesity with a gastric bypass? That's dumber than a stump. Contact us at GCNminerals.com. Learn how to lose weight, look good, and save yourselves a gob of Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. With Stephen Baker of the NPD Group, I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Owl Live. So the question I asked in our previous segment was about the iPhone SE and the smaller 4-inch form factor. I know people who prefer that smaller size. What are you seeing in the channel? Oh, yeah, a little bit. Um, but I think your your earlier statement's probably a little bit more accurate, certainly in, in the U.S. Um, if I'm going to do more with my phone if you expect me to watch videos and use it as a spreadsheet device or you know all the kinds of things we do with our phones on the on the go now a four inch screen feels extremely limiting in terms of what you can do and how much real estate there is I find them a lot harder to use. I'm sitting at my desk right now staring at three different phones that I have, all of which are at least 5.2 inches all the way up to 6 inches. I prefer a much bigger phone. Yeah, it's awkward to try to do one-handed, but a lot of the times people are doing things one-handed, it's probably when they're not supposed to be using their phone anyways while they're driving. Maybe pushing those phone sizes up a little bit is a better idea. I'd also say, you know, 
the 6S and the 6 before it aren't even 5-inch phones, right? At 4.7, they're a lot more usable than any of the flagship phones from LG or Samsung. If you're talking about one-handed, where everything is 5.1, 5.2, or even bigger. So 4.7 is a considerably smaller device and a considerably more user-friendly device from a one-handed perspective, in my view, than when you get up above the 5-inch size, when you get to 5.2, and especially, you know, a 5.5 like the uh, 6S Plus. Well, I did have like a 5-inch Samsung smartphone for a while, just testing it to get a feel for Android, a better feel. I found it downright awkward to use, to toss in my pocket, that kind of thing. An iPhone 6 at 4.7 inches is the maximum sized smartphone that works for me. And as I said, that's why they have different products for different people. But looking at smartphones in general, are we seeing here that in this space too, people are keeping them longer? They used to have the two-year cycle because you had the two-year contracts with your wireless provider, but now they've separate everything so you have to make a purchase agreement for a phone that may require nothing down but you're still paying something per month when you finish paying off the phone that payment goes away so after two years oh my god my payment's 35 dollars less i should maybe keep this phone so that's a great point and if we kind of look back on the history of the last couple of years i think what we all thought in the business was that When we went to installments and ways that gave the consumer an opportunity to upgrade their phones faster, that they would take advantage of that, that they would want a 12 or an 18-month cycle because they use their phones a lot, they get old, they get damaged, they get kind of crummy looking, et cetera, and people would want to be able to upgrade faster. And initially, we did see the time that people held their phones shrink a little bit, but I would say over the last six months or so, um, as a lot of those initial purchases have started to cycle through and even maybe some of the second round of kind of, um, you know, 24-month or 30-month installment plan purchases have started to cycle through, we've seen the ownership kind of go back to 24, 25, 26 kind of month time cycle. And to your point, I think what we all missed, because I think tech people don't always understand the normal consumer, is exactly what you said. Woohoo! That $35 is gone from my bill, and my bill is now $35 cheaper. My phone still works. Why do I need to get a new phone? I'm saving money. And I think we all kind of missed that. Uh, We all thought that the idea of having a new phone would be much more appealing to people than saving $35 a month. Uh, I think it turns out that we were all dreadfully wrong about that and that one of the things installment plans is going to do is encourage people to hold that phone longer now that they actually own it. Well, the other thing to see here is the incremental improvements from year to year aren't so vast or amazing. I mean, how many different ways can they take a basic smartphone and add some features that may be gee whiz or may be useful before people say, it's not worth it to me? Like, for example, I look at the iPhone 6S and it's got force touch. 
which is neat, but who cares? I can take 4K videos. Really, now I have to get a 4K TV set to watch them? So you see, this is probably a, a situation where I'm looking at all the alleged improvements in different model smartphones, and I'm not seeing something there that says to a customer, your two-year-old smartphone is so obsolete, you've got to replace it. More than likely, that two-year-old smartphone still works pretty good. You know, I couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. I think I'd add a couple pieces of color there, which one is that while there is those incremental pieces, again, like we said with, with PCs, uh, a lot of people were buying a new phone or buying something that they've had for two or three years. So there is some, oftentimes, some significant difference in the newer phone versus the older phone, more storage, better battery life, et cetera, those kind of things that, that do seem meaningful to the consumer. But I think, at least again, this is, this is in the U.S., in probably, you know, Europe as well. I think when we look at the history of the last five to six years, uh, what really drives that upgrade is the usability of the device. And I don't mean it just around the operating system, but I mean it around the network. What really drove people to get a lot of new phones in 2011, 12, 13, even 14 was LTE. The experience on using your phone improved a hundredfold. It was faster. You could get online. You could use those apps. You could text faster. All those things that people did with their phone was much, much better on LTE. And given that, you know, we're still a few years out from any kind of meaningful change in the network capabilities, I think that to me is the number one reason why you would see a significant range of people would want to upgrade sooner is that is the core of everybody's experience. I can't tell you how many times I've wanted to throw my phone through the wall when that web page just won't load or I do a, a speed test and I've got 0.5 megabits or something or one bar, uh, how frustrating that can be. Um, you know, I think we, we absolutely see that as being the driver. And history tells you that that's what, how things work. Uh, you know, if you look at the explosion in, uh, when, in notebooks in the mid-2000s, right, whatever we call the first decade of this millennium, um, what, what, what really drove that was the explosion in availability of broadband and everybody moving away from modem dial up and into broadband and into then faster broadband and that drove mobility along with that wireless and centrino and all that stuff that intel did those things really drove it and it was not because we couldn't do those things before but because the networks had improved so much and that capability had improved so much that the experience was way better and but that experience is something that isn't necessarily just tied to the device, right? It's what we're connecting to. We've got a lot more to come with Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. After we get to smartphones, we'll take a look at how prospects for 4K TV stand now that we have more and more cheaper models. In fact, I think there's a whole bunch of new ones that have been announced this year from Vizio and other companies. I'm Gene Steinberg, and as usual, you're in the Tech Night Out Live. Yeah. <laughs>
Hey there, Night Owl listeners. Are you frustrated by all those passwords you need to remember? Do you use the same password for multiple sites? Well, now there's a better way. RoboForm, an award-winning password manager that makes your life easier and more secure. With RoboForm, you'll never need to remember or type your passwords again. It's easy to use. It's completely secure. And best of all, listeners, you could use it free. Just go to RoboForm.com slash tech. That's RoboForm.com slash tech. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Did you know a dirty CPAP system can make you sick? If you knew what could be growing in your mask and hose, you might not sleep so well. But now, SoClean.com has released the world's first and only automated CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. It kills 99.9% of all CPAP germs, and it's completely hands-free. For a limited time, you can try SoClean risk-free for 30 days. Just call 1-800-900-0684. SoClean changed the CPAP experience for the better. My health has improved. It's simple to use, and I'm not worried about infections. SoClean destroys CPAP bacteria, viruses, and germs with no hassle. Never have to clean your machine by hand again. There's no water, chemicals, or disassembly. Just pop in your mask, close the lid, and presto, your CPAP system is clean and fresh in minutes. Call SoClean.com to try it risk-free at home for 30 days. This is a limited-time offer, only available by calling 1-800-900-0684. That's 1-800-900-0684. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break, and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs, causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Are you worried about how dangerous the world has become? In these days of terrorist attacks, natural disasters, or even a future collapse, you need to be medically prepared to keep your family safe. I'm Joe Alton, MD of store.doomandbloom.net, where you'll find an entire line of uniquely designed medical kits and supplies for when help is not on the way. For everything from individual first aid kits to the ultimate family medical bag, go to store.doomandbloom.net today. That's store.doomandbloom.net.
You'll be glad you did. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We have Stephen Baker of the NPD Group on our final little bit of sessions here for the Tech Night Owl Live. So you're talking here, of course, about the one reason why people upgraded their smartphones is because of LTE. They're getting really good performance now. I mean, I've seen some pretty incredible speeds when I've benchmarked a really solid LTE connection. But again, are we reaching the point here where the existing smartphones are doing so many things so well that there has to be a major change in operating systems or some new feature that nobody believed they'd need, but now they'll find indispensable before we upgrade again? Are they good enough now? Yes, I think they are good enough until something else that, you know, probably is in a lab somewhere that we're not smart enough to know what that is. But even then, those things tend, in my view, to be very, very incremental until they're not incremental anymore. Stuff like broad, the shift from dial-up to broadband. You know, if you go back to 2010, Netflix would talk about that it was going to be a long time before streaming would really come into to being more than mailing people discs. And then all of a sudden... In a couple of years, everybody was streaming and nobody wanted discs anymore. So um, those things seem to sneak up on you gradually, and then it feels like they're ubiquitous in you know one month. And that's the that is the way tech typically works. And I think you know if we look at the things people are doing today uh, around video, that's probably the next place where we would expect to see some underlying demand that slowly starts to build and then all of a sudden one day everybody either has it or really, really wants it and that drives a whole new upgrade cycle against the hardware. Well, obviously a major feature in the TV space is 4K and everyone's getting cheaper and cheaper. So the other day, someone was boasting they bought a 49-inch Vizio M, the 2015 model, for $499, and boy, wasn't that cheap. And now this year, they're even cheaper. So are we now seeing 4K filter down to all but the very, very cheapest sets? No. (laughs) Glad we can solve that. Yes. There's still plenty of premium 4K, and there's still plenty of entry-level... 2K. Of the total TV market, in units, only about 15 to 20% of the market right now is 4K. So we have a long way to go before we've made that realistic. And in fact, uh, in the under 50-inch market for televisions, over 90% of those are not 4K yet. So I think, you know, we, we, we have some run run rate in these markets. That said, if you want 4K, it's really not all that hard to find 4K for under $1,000. In fact, uh, so far this year, 
over January through March, something around 60% of all the 4K TVs sold were under $1,000. So there's plenty of affordable product out there. You know, we're, we're still in the build standpoint that we expect to see throughout this year where most of the value will be in uh, premium products, your desire to get a really big screen with a really great picture. We'll see some promotions in 4K, but we'll also still see a lot of promotion in 1080p and 720p in smaller screen sizes at 40 or 32 that are very price-focused, and that will still be a very important part of the market in 2016. I would think also that 4K still benefits most from sets over 50 or 55 inches. Below that, unless you're looking real close, you don't see the difference. But there's another factor, too, and I want to ask you about this. One particular issue that has to be considered. Obviously, you buy a 4K set tomorrow. And if you find some 4K stuff streaming from Amazon or Netflix, 99% of what you watch is going to be 2K. And the most important feature there, therefore, is the upscaling. If the upscaling isn't right, the stuff that's 1080p, 720, or just standard DVD resolution is not going to look very good. Yeah, you know, we've talked about this a couple times over the over the last year or so when we've uh, had these discussions. Um, I don't know that consumers are particularly uh, worried about the availability of 4K content, um, and the main way that the TV makers have kind of put that problem to the side is through upscaling and is through really, really focusing this time on making sure that a 4K television gives you the best picture that you can get regardless of how that content was rendered, whether it's 1080p or 4K or whatever. We want to make sure that this TV is always going to give you that best picture. And because of that, they're going to invest in things like upscaling and other ways to make sure that you can get a great experience and that you're not disappointed until there's a much wider availability of native uh, 4K content. So is that an important point when going out to buy a set, get the sets with the best upscaling, but how do you check that out unless they let you demo, say, a regular DVD or a Blu-ray? Yeah, it's, it's a great point. I'm not aware of, of any independent discussions about that. I'm sure if you're on some AV uh, chat site, you can probably find some of those. I guess while it's probably not great to just say you need to trust them, I think certainly when you look at the major brands, when you look at Samsung and Vizio and LG and Sony, they are really, really focused on making sure that you get that great upscaled experience when you're not watching a 4K. They know what the content is, and that's probably not an area, especially if you're going to buy a, a more premium product and it's one of the, the higher-end lines. And it's probably not an area I'd worry about if I was buying something. I think you you can buy those kind of products with a lot of confidence that you're getting just the best picture possible. You can also look at the review and consumer reports online or check the review at CNET or one of these sites. You bet. You now, bet. And they'll evaluate the set 
at all different resolutions. And I'll tell you, look, maybe the scaling, the upscaling has a few issues and you want to look into that. Maybe it doesn't do the 480p content quite as well. So you check into things like that. And then if it's possible and you go to a showroom where they let you do something more than just watch the demo picture, you know, maybe try it out with one of your Blu-rays or regular DVDs and just see how it looks or consider that when you bring the set into your home. So if it's really not doing a good job, you can always swap it out for something better. I'm just kind of guessing here. And obviously, as more 4K content comes into play, this won't be a problem. And I want to ask you more about that, about the fact that we still don't have a lot of 4K content despite all the sets being sold. Stephen Baker of the NPD Group is here. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using a computer or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you're having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer 
repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly, certified computer repair experts available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and negative articles can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? ReputationDefender.com can help protect your good name. Get a free consultation now. Call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from ReputationDefender.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com today. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. So the question on the table here is, I got the 4K set and more and more being sold. And now... I turn the thing on, what am I going to watch? If I hook up my cable or satellite set-top box, it's pretty much going to be 1080p or 1080i or something like that, or from my Blu-ray player. And maybe I'll get a few things from Amazon or from Netflix or a few other places. So is it, like I said, 99% of what you watch is not going to be 4K yet? Uh, I don't know if it's 99. It's certainly over 90%. Certainly Netflix and Amazon have been in our testing and providing some streaming pieces. It's a pretty complicated piece of the marketplace. Uh, You know, everybody is still trying to figure out what the best formats are. Clearly, there's bandwidth issues in terms of streaming to get you that 4K content. We've just started to see the first uh, 4K Blu-ray player in the market from Samsung, and it's selling pretty well, but... You know, obviously in pretty limited uh, quantities. So there's now some 4K Blu-ray discs, I believe, out there as well. So we're starting to see the content infrastructure catch up. But, you know, I've been thinking about this, and I think the best way to view it and think about this is kind of thinking about the PC market in, you know, 1997, where... The hardware was always way ahead of the software. So if you can, you'd want to buy the best hardware you can and then let the software catch up to it. I think that's the right strategy to take. It's going to be many years before if you buy a pretty good 4K television at two or 3000 bucks, let's say, 
um, and even at a thousand, uh, it's going to be a few years before you're going to be willing to replace that. And by the time you're getting that maximum usage out of that, there's going to be plenty of 4K content out there to get you uh, the best value for what you've, the money you've spent on that television. So we have the 4K Blu-ray. Are you seeing any indication here that the cable or satellite providers will get more into 4K? Obviously, there's a bandwidth issue there. Not so much for the cable guy, but certainly for the satellite provider. I think the tenor of the market will drive everyone to continue to provide more and more 4K, just like it was a slow start for 1080p, and then eventually that was kind of the standard. Yeah, you can still get SD stuff, but pretty much everybody gets HD things all the time. And I don't know if there's, I, I don't get satellite, but I don't know if there's an option to only get SD anymore. You know, for a long time, there was an upcharge to get HD, and a lot of those things will go away. And I'm sure we'll see in many ways the same kind of uh, shift into, from uh, HD into 4K. Now, the other thing here to bear in mind here with regard to 4K, and that is kind of a situation that I saw when HD first came out and most content was not HD. A lot of people didn't know. They just want to turn on the set and watch the football game, the baseball game, or whatever their favorite show is. They aren't always conscious of these fine distinctions. And certainly the difference between standard definition and HD was vast, major, between current HD and 4K is not so major. Right. But, you know, we have years to work on that. So I'm not, I'm just not quite as worried about that. You know, if somebody's bought a 4K set, they bought it for a whole bunch of different reasons. 4K, it's cutting edge. It's the biggest screen that they can get. Maybe it looks really good. It's thin. It's got a, it's bezel-less or near bezel-less all those other kinds of pieces as well. And the content is is what's there and what shows up on the television and what you choose is what you're going to watch. And at some point, that great content in terms of 4K will be there, but this goes all the way back to the very beginning in your questions about upscaling. And the market has a vested interest in making sure that experience is great and that you can access all that best content. One of the challenges between SD and HD was the whole analog to digital kind of conversion and a whole bunch of other things were going on at the same time. We don't have those challenges now. I think what you will see over the next few years is just a gradual shift away from HD or in addition to HD, providing more and more 4K options for the consumer and letting them choose. If you don't have a 4K television, you might not choose, you won't choose a 4K movie. But if you do, that option will be there more and more over time. There will be more and more 4K channels that you will be able to choose as an option as well. As opposed to 3D, which went almost nowhere and now of course, Vizio, for example, has pretty much given up on 3D on any of their models, at least for the last two years that I could see. Are other companies abandoning 3D, too? For the most part, 
no one's really talking about it, it's not a priority. Uh, a lot of companies will leave it on just because there may be consumers who have some legacy needs for 3D, but you have to purposely choose 3D to watch something in 3D. And um, if you don't choose that, then the 3D kind of sits there and doesn't really do anything. Uh, as long as you can build that set so that even the availability of 3D doesn't impact the picture, then I think, and you don't try to uh, get a premium for 3D, which I'm not aware of anybody trying to do nowadays, then you know, it can just sit there like a feature, like so many of the other kinds of features that are on any piece of electronics. They're there to, you know, make some people who might buy that feel a little better because they may or may not want to use that feature at some point in time. And if it's there, they have some confidence that that's available to them. Now, I did notice the one or two times I got a 3D version of a movie, they give you a regular Blu-ray disc and a 3D disc as part of the package. So you're not right. really screwed. So later on, suddenly you have a TV set that doesn't have 3D. You can still watch the movie. That's, uh, again, I think a way to uh, easily take care of the customer without you know a huge amount of added cost and uh, a huge amount of added inconvenience for the consumer. Let's move over to the auto business. And I'm not going to ask you too much about whether Apple is going to have an Apple car. Okay, good. <laughs> because you don't know. But, I don't. Right. Now, one thing that kind of concerned me with the Volkswagen diesel engine controversy, I heard reports here that now they're looking into other makers of diesel cars to see if they haven't pulled some shenanigans. Have you heard much about that? Uh, you know, I've seen some news reports around that. It's not something that I necessarily follow particularly closely, honestly. Uh, from a consumer standpoint, um, I own my car now, and, you know, what the gas mileage is is what the gas mileage is. Um, you know, I think over the last few years, as uh, gas prices have come back down again, a lot of people... Uh, clearly buy their car without much uh, concern about what the mileage is uh, because gas is cheap. Um, you know, they want a bigger car, so we got lots of people buying SUVs again. Um, so while it's concerning from, a, you know, an honesty standpoint, from a product standpoint, doesn't really change how you drive the car. It doesn't really change how you own the car. Um, if you feel cheated, uh, at some point, I think the companies, the end or the government will, uh, force or the market will force everybody, uh, those, those companies to take care of you or compensate you if you feel cheated. But, um, I think for most people, it's probably not. Uh, much of an issue. We have Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database, so you get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. You know about RVs, you've heard about bunkers, but surviving is not recreation, and man wasn't made to live underground. Introducing Survivalist Camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid survival bug-out house that's mobile, well-equipped, and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Go to survivalistcamps.com to learn more. That's survivalistcamps.com, providing your basic needs to survive. Survivalistcamps.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. 
We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. We have Stephen Baker of the NPD Group. I'm Gene Steinberg. We're in the Tech Night Owl live. Are you seeing any interesting technologies or developments in cars these days that are interesting to look forward to? One thing I do see is more and more models support Apple CarPlay and also the Android Auto. Like, instead of favoring one platform, they say, whatever you have, we support it. Well, you know, I think there's a lot of interesting things about technology inside cars. That's a great solution. The other solution is, and this is all kind of analogous to smart TVs, right? You're better off buying a TV that's smart, or you're better off buying a dumb TV, but a TV that has the capability for you to add smartness externally with an Apple TV or Roku or a Chromecast. And for a car, is there a way, you know, I can insert a tablet into a slot or connect my smartphone or whatever, make sure that that's the way that I get that kind of connectivity into the car. Now, you can see the value in both directions, just like you see it in smart televisions and stuff for the car maker or the TV maker to uh, abdicate that piece of the business. They know those that consumers want it. They don't want to just be a dumb pipe or just a basic piece of transportation. They want to have some of those bells and whistles. But given the amount of time you own a car or own a television, it can be hard to upgrade, hard to update. You know, it's pretty uh, embedded hardware. You're probably not going to replace the whole dashboard to get a better uh, screen on your your nav system or, or something. I think in a lot of ways, the car companies are trying to figure out how to provide both ends of that, uh, putting enough smarts in there so that for most people it provides some level of smartness, but for the consumers who really want it, maybe offering enough opportunities for other kinds of things to integrate into the into the car, and that means having something like car, um, CarPlay or Android Auto in there. Now, I can't say this applies to all models, But most cars I've driven, either test driving, renting, whatever, the electronics always seem like they're running a few years behind what you can get on your smartphone or your tablet. Is that changing or does CarPlay and Android Auto give them an out? Uh, You know, I think that CarPlay and Android Auto give them an out on the software and integration side. On the hardware side, pretty hard for a integrated hardware solution to be as up-to-date as a uh, solution that you bring yourself. 
there's just not a lot of easy ways to upgrade and, you know, reinstall things in a car. Again, just like, you know, you, you can't uh, screw the back off your television and put in a new processor or new internals so that you can get the latest and greatest picture or latest and greatest graphics or whatever. The desktop PC is unique in that regard <laughs> where you can actually, you know, upgrade the internals. But if you look at pretty much everything else that has some kind of hardware technology embedded in it, once you put the hardware in there, there's only so many times they can upgrade the firmware to get that product to be current. And some parts of it, again, like the screen, there's just not a lot you can do without totally replacing that. And that kind of replacement usually ends up being kind of cost prohibitive. Unless they develop some kind of plug-in module. Again, you know, they could, but that probably adds incremental cost. How many people are really going to do that so that it's financially viable for the car company? It's not standard, right? So every model has a different dashboard, needs a different kind of screen, and every car company has different, a whole bunch of different models. So you don't have a lot of economies of scale in terms of the replacement markets either. So I think you're going to continue to see the, that kind of technology lag a little bit in the car. I think it's a lot better now than it was a few years ago. You know, who'd have thought five or ten years ago that all the car advertising would be about how much you could get Pandora or something in your car as opposed to how many horsepower it was or how well it drove or took a corner. That's all pretty interesting uh, shift into the, in the marketplace. Well, obviously what the manufacturers are mostly doing with cars now is because of the fuel economy regulations, what they do is take the same horsepower, relatively the same speed capability, unless it's a Tesla, of course, the same speed capability and putting it into a smaller engine, a more fuel-efficient engine. That sounds sounds logical to me. Again, I'm not particularly a car guy. Uh, I just bought a new car a few months ago, and I think what impressed me the most was all the sensors and, you know, how many things the car could do, sense how close you were to the car next to you, the car in front of you, all those safety kind of features, you know, auto braking, a lot of those kind of things that, again, are things that we see the mainstream auto products talking about a lot more and you hear a lot less about, you know, how big the engine is or how I can go to zero and 50 to 60 in X seconds. I don't know that those are the core things that as the car becomes more of a technology product, those don't always seem to be the core things that consumers are looking for. Maybe it's like, again, turning it all the way back to some of the other things we talked about, right? How much faster do you really want to go from zero to 60? Is it really different if it was 3.5 seconds last year and 3.7 seconds this year on this year's model? You're not getting last year's model trading it in and getting this year's model. You know, there's all those different pieces to look at in terms of how do you market and talk about performance improvements. Are you talking about over last year or over uh, five years ago? It's a very different kind of discussion point and marketing point that you're going to make to the consumer. Besides, if this car does zero to 60 in six seconds, 
and this car does zero to 60 in six and a half. Will you really notice the difference? Unless you're a complete lunatic and what you're doing is you floor it. I don't think you'll notice the difference. I don't see how. I mean, I've driven cars with slight differences, but I find what's happened is you have similar speed capabilities that have gone down from the six-cylinder engine to the four to the turbo four. But really, the zero to 60 is fairly similar. It's just being done with a more fuel-efficient engine. Stephen Baker, would you please tell our listeners where they can find more of the stuff that you do? Yeah, www.npd.com. You can find us on Twitter, by the way, if you're interested. I don't know how many people are still interested. Twitter, of course, is getting more traffic, but they haven't really found a way to make a lot of money from it. So their financials weren't that great, but they're still here. Facebook, on the other hand, has taken over the world, and then some financially. But if you want to find us on Facebook, don't look for the name of the show. Look for Gene Steinberg. If the guy is wearing a red plaid shirt, I bet he's me. I really do. I think he's probably me. We have another radio show out there, a pretty wild, wacky, and woolly one about UFOs and things that go bump in the night. It's called The Paracast at Paracast.com. And this week, we have a fellow named Micah Hanks. He's going to talk about UFOs, UFO research, and also secret societies. Not like skull and crossbones, but I mean really secret societies that may be running the world's affairs and behind the scenes. What could that be? Go to Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. We've got one special feature of the Tech Night Out Live we'd like to sell to you. This is where you can really support the show. It's called Tech Night Owl Plus. And what we offer at Tech Night Owl Plus is a special version of the show, free of network ads, higher quality sound for a modest monthly annual five-year or lifetime subscription rate and we've got a special spring sale we cut the prices on the five-year and lifetime subscriptions to get more information go to plus.technightowl.com plus.technightowl.com Stephen baker thanks for joining us on the tech night out live thank you is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.